Welcome to episode 16 of the Talent Experience Show. This is your source for what's happening right now in talent acquisition, recruitment, talent management, and HR tech. This podcast is proudly produced by the team at Phenom. You can check us out at phenom.com to learn more. This particular episode is from a recent recording of our Talent Experience Live live stream. You can join us live every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Check out all the links in the show notes. We would love to have you engage with us in the live chat. In this episode, hosts Jonathan Dale and Natalie McKnight, they meet with a live job seeker, someone who's actually actively searching for his next role right now. And we discuss all of the challenges that come with kind of engaging with the market right now in this virtual environment. Hear about his personal experience, discover what is and isn't working for candidates during the pandemic, plus explore new ways to engage and acquire top talent. It's a great episode. Check it out. Welcome to another episode of Phenom's Talent Experience Live. I'm Jonathan Dale filling in for the beloved Devin Foster, who no doubt right now is two drinks into his vacation. And as always, we are joined by Natalie McKnight. What's going on, Natalie? Hi. Hi, everyone. Great. Uh, quick reminder, we're broadcasting on pretty much all social media channels we're allowed to by law. Um, that includes Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. If you have not subscribed, if you have not reached out, liked us, or followed us, or joined our community, it is a great time. This is a great reminder to do so. And you get the bonus of being notified about all of these live sessions that we do on a consistent basis. We've got great videos, but this Town Experience Live happens every Thursday at noontime Eastern. And so... Uh, Natalie, we get the pleasure today of talking about a pretty interesting topic. Yeah, we do. So today we're going to be talking about the candidate experience, uh, and it's going to be from the candidate's perspective, uh, what it's like to search for a job during the pandemic. Um, so we'll actually be speaking with a job seeker uh, who's going to share what stood out and what matters to them when they're looking for a job now, um, kind of likes and dislikes that are happening. Um, you know, statistically right now, uh, pulling from a Forbes article that I read recently, the Bureau of Labor Statistics recent, released unemployment data uh, showing that the, the United States economy has lost over 20 million jobs in April. Uh, and with the unemployment rate that spiked to about 14.7%, which is the worst since the Great Depression. Uh, and some experts are actually saying it was closer to 20%. Um, so we're hoping that while we're, we're talking through this experience um, with this particular job seeker, we're really hoping that um, recruiters that are listening in right now or maybe catching the recording kind of get some insights uh, and, and tips from the job seekers themselves on, on what they should really be paying attention to when they're continuing to keep that candidate experience top of mind. Yeah, you, you have to watch, right? You have to watch balancing the doom and gloom with the great stories that are happening right now. So exactly. yeah, economy is still in trouble, right? Millions of people still out of work. Some good news though, right? States are starting to open back up. 
right? Mm -hmm. And with that, though, seems to be the correlated spike in COVID cases. So that's disappointing, too. But I think as at least in, in America, in the U.S., we're working through the ups and downs. You know, one thing, if you happen to be catching this or you're a recruiter and want to help somebody, regardless of whether your company's hiring or not, um, you can actually go to phenomcreatedhelp1billion.com. It's help1billion.com. And this is actually a site where companies who are hiring right now for positions, showing you those positions. And so at help1billion.com, a job seeker can go there see what companies are hiring right now and can apply. And that's a positive thing. And I know there's thousands, thousands of applicants who have gone to help1billion.com already um, and has taken advantage of that site to connect with those companies who, who definitely have jobs. So let's not go off on too much of a tangent, though. I think taking the mystery out of job seeking or at least understanding that candidate experience from someone who's willing to tell all. And so I think right now let's welcome Rob Patey onto Town Experience Live. Hey, John. Hey, Natalie. How are you doing? Hey, Rob. We're doing great. We have jobs, so we're doing really well. <laughs> oh, rub it in. Yeah. So, Rob, first of all, we thank you for coming onto the program. And um, I think it'd be great to understand how did you get in this situation and what's your background? Sure. Uh, so how did I get in this situation? Well, I was one of many, an undisclosed official number, but the unofficial count seems to be around 20,000 right now that were laid off from IBM recently. So I spent the past seven years there after working with Mass360, a little startup out of Bluebell, PA, for three years. And prior to that, I worked for 15 years just for two organizations, Unisys and Vertex. So I don't like to date companies. I like to marry companies. I like that. Um, what do you specialize in? Uh, pretty much every facet of marketing. So I've had 20 years of experience. And even though I'm 45, I would say I am definitely a digital native because my entire family was in technology. So I've had a computer sitting in front of me since 1976. Uh, old punch card laptop. Yeah. Um, so pretty much digital marketing, content marketing, performance marketing campaigns and organizations large and small. I've worked in everything from IBM to 400 person startups. Yep. And, and in full disclosure, um, you and I have been friends for several years now, probably over. Yes, we years. have. Uh, and so we should allow the viewers to know that if uh, if it sounds like I know Rob pretty well, well, it's because one, he's a good guy and I like I like hanging out with good people. And two, I, I have worked with him in, in previous careers. So that's that's where the history comes from. So your background is in marketing. You have rich experience. So you're a seasoned professional. You found yourself, I would say, at the losing end of the pandemic as it relates to how companies have had to react and not, yeah, fair well, enough. I, I, yeah, fair enough. I'd say it's one part financial, one part pandemic. I don't want to be on record saying that the layoff happened because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. you know, certainly there were causes and effects there. Sure. Yeah. And so, Natalie and I know that in in the world we've tracked for human resources around COVID, there's mm -hmm. about twenty percent of the companies who, in fact have to continuously hire and have never slowed down in their hiring efforts. And that was due to COVID. 
Um, 20% of companies, unfortunately, had to do layoffs, uh, furloughs, and, and terminations. And that's disappointing to hear, but it's the reality of the world. And then we found about 60% of the companies kind of just froze what they're doing. Um, right. You know, they're not really hiring, not really firing. They're trying to figure out the economy. Anything to add there, Natalie? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, this is, I hate using this word now, but it's unprecedented. Um, if anybody has a better adjective, I would really appreciate it. Um, but it really is. I mean, nobody knows, nobody knows the future um, and nobody ever does. But this is something that nobody who is alive right now has dealt with. Uh, it's something that's affecting every facet of the globe. So, you know, definitely we've seen if they're not, if companies aren't doing layoffs, they're kind of just trying to ride it out and just stay put. Um, You know, I think from our customers perspective, what we're seeing is um, they're willing to focus a little bit more on their process, which is great. And I think it's, it's really great that they're taking that focus and trying to understand, okay, what is the experience like? How can we improve it? Mm -hmm. So, we have Rob Patey joining us. He is a, what we joke around right now is a professional job seeker um, or AKA your next, uh, your next director of VP of content marketing uh, for any company who's actually looking for that role. Cause he's excellent in that. You could check out his LinkedIn profile another time. We certainly will flash it up here today, but what we really want to get to for any recruiter, someone from talent acquisition, anyone actually in talent management watching us today, which is our audience, you get an inside look hearing from someone who's actively going through that job hunting, job seeking process. So we set the stage. Rob's a veteran, tremendous skill set, tremendous skill set in, in marketing. And so finds himself um, looking for a role and he has not had to look on the market for several years. So now he's on the market. So Rob, now we're going to get into some, some lightning rounds, some, some tough questions. And I would say, before we get into that, uh, yeah. please don't call me a professional job seeker. I'm an amateur at best. Cause I've never had to look for a job in 20 years. Yeah. Very. Whenever I left, com- whenever I left companies, I was always sort of recruited and wooed away while I had a job. Yeah. So. I think that's very fair. I, I, I was, uh, I wasn't trying to miss, um, no, categorize yourself in that, in that respect. So what have you found so far? Like just, just your, your general speaking, what opening statement would you come out with? My general statement right now is that I would say that companies are cautiously optimistic in the moment. So on first blush, on first interactions, There's very little difference between in the past when recruiters have reached out to me. Hey, we'd love to talk more. We'd love to get going. I'd say by the second and third round, though, that that optimism uh, is really tethered to the times. Right. So, you know, second, third round, you're talking usually a couple weeks. And right now the world is changing so rapidly on a daily basis that when they say they'll get back to me next week and things are looking good, I know to take that with, you know, an enormous grain of salt because the world's going to, the world quite possibly could change again. Awesome. That's a a great start to to continue framing this up. Um, How have you gone about job hunting, job seeking? How have I gone about? Um, I would say uh, 
tepidly more than aggressively. So I am definitively looking as I, you know, opened up with, I like to marry an organization. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just date, right? I don't want to just work there for two years. I haven't had that career experience. My shortest tenure at any organization in the past 20 years has been for five years. Um, so I'm really looking for two things. One, I want to love the technology. And two, I want to love the role. I have the opportunity to be somewhat picky, you know, between severance and, you know, my spouse does well. Uh, and plus, I've been working for 20 years straight. So, you know, my only children all have four legs and they're not going to college. So, you know, financially, I have I have the time to really look and find that next career versus that next job. So where do you where do you look? Where have you started looking? Um, well, of course, you know, LinkedIn was a centrifuge, right? I mean, everybody, it's where you can get uh, it's like a job fair every day, right? You can go out there and you can see, you know, hundreds of companies wherever you want to look. I mean, you know, the search parameters are wide and varied. Uh, so that's really been my starting basis is to throw my name out there and, you know, click the apply and either apply via LinkedIn direct or get taken over to the company's career site. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, what has the reaction been when you look, so you start on LinkedIn and so where do you mm -hmm. go from, from LinkedIn? Where do you go? LinkedIn, you end up, uh, <laughs> you can end up at possibly a hundred different job networks, right? So I'm not going to rattle through them all here, but I could bring up my email box right now. And there's probably, you know, job boo, job this, job that, job here, job there, job everywhere. Uh, and many of them are repeats of the same, if you look very cautiously. So you know that they're sharing third party data all around the place, right? That, you know, they're sharing their lists with each other and their searches with each other. So is it fair to say that once you show some interest um, or some interactions on some of these job, traditional job board sites is what you're referring to, you're starting mm -hmm. to get kind of plastered with everything coming in the door into your sure. inbox? Yeah, and it's and, when, and it's everything. And when we say everything, let's mean everything because there are some in this world of uh, keyword search uh, recruiting uh, because I work for IBM security, I'm actually getting job offers for security positions. And trust me, that's the last thing you want me doing is guarding your IT systems. I'll write about the people that guard your IT systems and I'll create a great narrative and story behind that. But you don't want me at the front guard. I'm not that guy. Well, why do you think that's happening? That's an interesting topic. So Natalie, all the time, we, we, we know from job seekers exactly what Rob is saying. We know people are like, wait a second. Don't you know what I'm looking for? And what Rob is saying is, why do you keep sending me things that are for security jobs when I work in the security field, but I don't do IT security? So, Rob, why do you think it's happening? And Natalie, you tell us why it's happening as well. Well, I'll give you my cynical view of it. No one's reading. There's essentially the scouring of the keywords. And we do this in marketing, right? We call it yeah. the prey and spray. We buy a list of thousands of names knowing that we're only going to get a 1.3% hit at the next stage of the funnel, then a 0.07% hit at the next stage of the funnel. But that 0.07% could be the money ball, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, technology is a wonderful thing. It's an amazing thing. Um, but if you rely too heavily on the algorithms and take the human out of it, 
Uh, and you know, what we know about, uh, recruiters on, on our side of things is the fact that they have so much that's coming at them that they're trying to fill. Right. But if you take that out and rely too heavily on, uh, the keywords, um, it, you're going to be inaccurate and it's going to take you much longer to find uh, that perfect fit. Protein yeah. read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we'll go back to the 80s. Riff. Reading is fundamental. Yeah. So uh, for those just joining us, Town Experience Live, we're joined um, by Rob Patey as our special guest. And the beauty about this session and episode today is Rob Patey is an active job seeker talking to us about his candidate experience. So you're hearing live about a candidate experience. We certainly want to welcome questions get them in. If there's something you're dying to ask Rob as a job seeker with many years experience who doesn't look for short-term relationships, Rob is the type of person, if you're a recruiter, you're trying to get in your company. Yeah. He, he's not applying. He's just said, he's not blasting and applying to 50 different companies. He's looking for that right company. And as a recruiter, Rob's the kind of candidate you're trying to get interested in your company in get to apply. So it's a great time to be able to ask, ask some questions. So Rob, what, um, what in your process, finding the company that you're interested in, what do you do next? So you mentioned you start with LinkedIn a lot. You're on there a lot. Okay, fine. Tell us, you found a company you're interested in. What does the rest of the process look like? I mean, it's quite simple. There's either the easy apply where the APIs are connected to whatever the job seeking board might be. And I'm not trying to do a you know commercial for LinkedIn here or I'm taking over the career site. And that's uh, the career site that's on the company website and having supported um, the web journey for all facets of the company, right, including recruiting, it tells me a lot about an organization when I get to their career site and how much care and love is actually given to it, right? Because you can have career site experiences that are a nightmare. And I'll be honest, if it's too arduous, I know that there's something that this organization yeah, might have a bit amiss. It does. It makes me wary if the if they're not giving the same love and care to the career and the human resources side of the organization that they are, say, to the marketing front face. Right? When we look at a website, a logic tree, and you know the site structure. You know, most companies focus on that top level, and they just think careers will take care of itself, and that's. Not a great impression to give a job seeker. Yeah. So in terms of that candidate experience and, and landing on the career site, um, I'm curious as to what types of uh, things you, you come across. Like would how often do you come across like a chat bot that would help clarify questions that you have or um, start asking, you know, information yeah. So I'm in marketing, right? And I understand and digital marketing specifically. So I understand the care and preening that a chatbot requires. And we have a hard enough time uh, in organizations trying to get sales to power these chatbots because you got to hit a live person eventually. I don't care how robust your logic tree is or how well your AI is crafted on the chatbots. Eventually, you're going to have to or you want to get to an individual. 
Uh, Natalie, I will say on many sites, because I traverse the site first, right? So even before I hit, I'll take a step back, even before I hit apply on LinkedIn, I go and I stalk the company's digital presence. Because hmm. I know most likely my job will collide with the website at some point. I want to check out the company. I want to make sure I like the product. I believe in what they're and what, you know, I'm going to be uh, talking about in the future. But on the other side, I just want to see how well it's constructed. And I'll say, especially in SaaS and in, in, in high acceleration markets, I'll get hit with the chatbot on the homepage, on the product page, right? It's a one, two, three, four second delay. And then it's, hi, can I help you? I'm Steve. Can, can I help you today? Then you go to the career site and it's like you've gone to Oz. You're in a completely different land at this point. Uh, and sometimes, I mean, you know, not only is there not a chatbot, it looks like they're using a style sheet that they had from three years ago for the site. Sometimes not even that's updated. So chatbots, career sites, never. So Rob, let's keep on that career site. So you found them on LinkedIn. You started investigating the company, which I think we agree. Job seekers do. They go to the company and see if they can connect with the technology or the company itself. Um, uh, And then you're on the career site. What's been your experience overall once we get to career sites, regardless of that chatbot experience that you're saying you don't even expect and you haven't been seeing on career sites? You can definitely tell the difference between organizations that are using a lighter ERP versus a uh, more draconian ERP, right? Enterprise resource plan. Um, definitely your larger organizations, it's a lot more hoops to jump through. It's, it's a lot more fields to fill out. Uh, your smaller organizations, your leaner organizations, you know, it's sort of just like dragnet, just the facts, ma'am. It's, you know, what's your name, what's your email, what's your number, load up your CV and let's roll. Okay. What, what has, what has put you off? You like the company or you found something, you thought you liked the company, you found something on, on their site Mm. that put you off. You just said, I'm, I'm withdrawing. I'm not, I'm not going to finish putting my information in this thing. I'm not going to apply. Like what are some of the things that have turned you off? Um, if it's an arduous experience, um, if there is, if it is really a, just a bad application experience, uh, and I'm still part of the company understanding that HR doesn't always get a lot of, uh, a lot of love from a technology standpoint, they're usually last in the line to be able to get technology upgrades. I'll take that into consideration. I won't, I won't be, I won't be too put off, but if the thing is just absolutely broken, what I'll do most likely is I'll jump back over to LinkedIn and try and find a way to connect and in that sense, if I'm really still on top of it, I, I really want the job. Um, that's really the only thing I would say that's put me off because I'll read the job description on LinkedIn and then I will jump over to the company site to check them out to see if it's something, you know, the job description looks cool. looks like it's up my alley. Then I'll go and I'll check out the company. Um, that's so that doesn't really throw me off unless the career experience is broken or they want 7000 fields filled in. That's mm. I've done it. I mean, I, I won't say I'm that much a snob because I understand the position that they're in because their back end systems are necessitating this information. But I won't say that it makes me say that this is sort of a forward thinking company. I think um, as, as a marketer that I know you are and in my background, there is the fewer fields you can require at the at the front right. end the more conversion you will get, period. And in the case of job seekers, it's more applicants that you're not turning away. So 
I think from marketers, we, we get that pretty well. So, and, and it's a balancing act, right? I mean, we, we, we go through this with sales, right? As we support sales web journey where they say, you know, we want to know everything about this customer's DNA because we don't want to call on bad prospects. So it's, it's, it's really is, it's a precarious balance to get all the information that you think you need from a betting standpoint mm-hmm. versus making it lightweight enough to make it a good user experience. Yeah. So I want to talk about the step afterwards now. I want to transition into your interaction with recruiters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, we've got two questions that have come up and they've, they've come around and they're asking about what's your experience seeing websites with COVID content? Um, are they speaking differently? Here's one for Rob from, uh, from Joel. Joel, thank you very much for the question. And noted, have you noticed a lot of career sites messaging differently during the age of COVID? Uh, hmm. No, I would say that the job descriptions really haven't changed or the messaging when you get to the career sites. And again, I, you know, I've only been unemployed really for a week and a half. We got noticed 30 days ago in May. I took a little time off because I hadn't had vacation in four years. So I didn't really start looking heavily until the past, we'll say the past three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Solidly. Uh, now, the COVID conversation does not come up until we get two or three conversations in. To be honest, we're not we're not really talking about COVID. I'll say there are more there's more interest in remote opportunities, but uh, I would say companies are still trying to find close to home if that's their culture and they want somebody in the office. So they'll they're certainly more open to putting will consider remote, right? Put a little you can tell the job description was just updated with that line asterisk mm-hmm. will consider remote. Uh, consider is a consider is a subjective word. Yeah, I think actually that's most interesting that we're seeing a change of is companies now willing to recruit remote um, and and going towards that trend. Uh, I agree. If you have a question, ask Rob, whether you're on LinkedIn, follow us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, doesn't matter. Get your question in. We did have uh, a funny question I like to throw up there. It's on LinkedIn, I think, from Bathina, if I'm if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Does Rob get a job at Phenom? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, running marketing for Phenom, I'd love to have Rob. We we don't have the open headcount, unfortunately, but Rob is always welcome in my house. That is for damn sure. Um, and thank you for the comment. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I was going to say, thanks for the upsell, Bethina. I appreciate it. <laughs> but no one said Rob wanted to work <laughs> for Phenom. Right? There, it's a two-way street. You have a candidate. Yep. You know, Rob's looking for something very specific in his career path, right? That right opportunity. I'm not saying Phenom is or isn't that place, but that's the reality of the candidate experience. It's not just does a company want that candidate? That candidate has to want the company too. It's a two-way street. And that's why the connection, and it starts with the career site journey. And then it moves to the recruiter journey and why that's so important. So Rob, Give yeah. us the dirty on some of your recruiter experiences, actually going back and forth, talking to recruiters. How are they communicating with you? Um, are they ghosting you? Yeah, I'll say your blind applies, the ones where you don't have a relationship set up already. Yeah, I mean, ghosting is pretty much the experience. Like if you're not going to move forward. Uh, and again, I'm not spraying and praying. So I would say that with two or three where I've applied with no prior relationship. Yeah, they, you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of getting back to you. 
Um, I'd say where there is a relationship. Um, so I posted as soon as the RA happened, I posted on LinkedIn saying, hi, I'm Rob Patey. It's my first time in 20 years. I'm looking for a job. If here's my CV, if you know of anything, please help me. Uh, that post got 9,000 views. So I would say that did more action for me than my LinkedIn premium account has done in the past same amount of time, uh, as well as shares. Right. So that's the real key. You can like posts all day. And I say this with marketing as well. But, you know, a like is kind of like, you know, getting a kiss from your aunt before you go to prom by yourself. Right. It's cool. You got a kiss from somebody, but mm, it's your aunt. Uh, when you really want her shares, right? And that's where I would say, if I'm in final talks right now, I'm not saying yay or nay there, um, but those it's from those shares. It's, mm. you know, it's the stakeholder really with recruiting, right? It's the recruiting, it's the HR business partner that they're supporting that's really putting the giddy up sticks on it. So there's a, there's a relationship there that needs to be managed as well, right? Because I mean, you know, recruiting is working hand in hand with another part of the organization, in my case, marketing. And I would say that's where the recruiters have been most attentive because, well, I don't blame them. They've got a stakeholder kind of up their butt saying, talk to this guy now. So I just want to connect the dots for folks um, following with us, especially from a recruiter perspective. Your most meaningful discussions with recruiters right now have come from a warm introduction by someone who saw you or saw your post on LinkedIn um, or knew you previously and are connecting with you and saying, hey, recruiter, this is someone we've we've got to talk to to, to get to understand where we're where the connection is between our gaps and our needs, open positions in yourself. That's accurate. Sorry. We articulate that. Yeah. I'll try to say it differently. The most meaningful interactions with recruiters that you've had so far are mm -hmm. the ones where you've had the warm introductions where a hiring manager, where a hiring manager or even higher right. company has said, go talk to this person. I will say in every case, it has been somebody higher that saw that LinkedIn post or saw somebody who shared my LinkedIn post. It's usually been at the C-suite level or the managing partner level. And the next conversation has been with the recruiter. Then the conversation with that uh, after that has been with the hiring, uh, you know, the departmental person you'll be working with. Yep. So Rob, let's, let's uh, change it slightly. Still talking about recruiters or company interaction. Have you seen any interaction with SMS? Has anyone been texting you? Um, about jobs position? Not really. I mean, I will not say there has been a lot of text, but I also rarely opt in for that. Because, of course, as we know, in this day of uh, GCPD and, uh, you know, the CCPD, the California Data Privacy Act, um, that the communication channel, you really have to be open to anything and you should have it as a preference that people can say yay or nay that they want to opt into. I guess maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. I'm 45. So text for me and SMS used to mean short message service. So, you know, I, I don't know if those longer form com communications work necessarily as well in SMS, but if it's just a quick update, I don't think I would be averse to it, but I'm also not seeing it as a, uh, a prevalent option mm -hmm. either. Okay. You know, when they say, is it okay if we contact you by email, it pretty much ends right there. Is it okay if we contact you by email? All right. I appreciate that. 
We, I think, um, Natalie, from your experience and actually talking to recruiters themselves, I think they're experiencing something slightly different in the leveraging SMS and seeing the benefits. But can you just go into, does it work for someone like Rob, um, who we know his classification, what he's looking for, experience level, point in career? Or are they using it in different ways? Because SMS is hot right now from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, we're seeing game-changing level results in terms of response rates um, when recruiters reach out. But the, I think the caveat there is you, you have to look at the types of workers that you're trying to recruit, right? So um, knowledge workers, people with experience um, who are maybe more corporate level, um, they may not respond to a cold text message that's, hi, my name is ex-recruiter, would you be interested in a job um, that would probably just get ignored and, and thrown in your, your junk box. But if it's a recruiter that's updating you through the apply process as a knowledge worker, we find that most knowledge workers really appreciate that, right? They're, it's, it's not getting um, lost in their inbox at that point, And they know that they're, um, they're, they're being updated, which is great. From the frontline perspective, um, there's a lot of really great results that we see with those cold outreaches because it's a little bit sometimes a younger generation. Um, and it's also a lot of people who are not regularly at a desktop computer. So they have their phone, you know, and uh, we talked a lot about Gen Z uh, a couple of weeks ago in another webinar mm -hmm. um, and just how most of those Gen Zers aren't really looking at their email. Even if they have it on their phone, they're looking at text messages. So I think it, it really does just depend on kind of the talent that you're looking for. Yep. Um, Rob, how are companies trying to get to know what you're actually looking for? You're, you're searching for positions and say you get to someone's career site. Now that company doesn't know yet what you're looking for. Are, are they trying to get to know you in, in part of that? Like you're investigating them. Are you being interacted with on the, on the career sites and websites? Are they trying to get jobs that are right for you in, in front of you? What's your experience there? Honestly, no, they're very basic search engines. And I'll say that even at your most robust organization. So after you, you know, you find you from whatever the email, whatever aggregator service you're using, you go to the career site. Usually if they've done their links well, seen sometimes where they haven't or the job has been removed, um, you know, it'll take you directly to the actual job description. Um, now, if you have to take that step back and search, and let's say I put in marketing positions, it's a pretty standard search engine, right? It's not, if, you, if it's trying to take me through a logic tree of profiling to ask me or to maybe suss out something I wouldn't necessarily think to be looking for, for you know, it's put me through a series of psychographic questions to say, well, you know, you came here looking for marketing, but you might be great as our CFO. Um, no. I have not run into that um, from organizations large and small. The most robust experience, I'll say, is that once uh, – and again, this is large organizations I'm talking mm -hmm. about. They'll send you job updates that are fuzzy based off of your initial search or your initial application. Mm -hmm. I, I have to say I'm a little disappointed um, because part of what we know is you have to get to, 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 to get top talent – you have to get to know them and you have to interact with them and you have to essentially court them. 
and you're not being courted by technology, not by the humans. We already talked about, but humans, that interaction is fine. You get that warm handoff. Someone says, hiring manager above says, go get this person and talk to them. That's fine. You've shared, but 90 other percent of the time, you're getting a cold reaction from someone's career site and you're trying to investigate them. They're not trying to get to know you. They're not leveraging a chat bot to try to get to know you. Um, you're, you, you've given them no permission to use SMS because they've not made a connection with you. They've not gone far enough down the line to even take advantage of that. So I'm, I'm not saying disappointed for you. I'm disappointed that your experience isn't, isn't showing that companies are farther along in the candidate experience because everything you're mentioning is not hard to do. It's just companies recognizing how to leverage the technology to give you a tremendous job seeker experience. Um, and, uh, and you're not seeing that yet. You will. Some of these leading companies we work with are giving that experience. You just haven't run into them yet. And um, as you mentioned, you're only really on the market for three or so weeks now. Um, in in go mode. So that's good. Natalie, what else can we tease out of Rob for our audience here? Uh, I would say, you know, one question that I had to backtrack a little bit is uh, I'd love to know how many times you've had to upload your resume and then had to fill out the form (laughs) that they make you fill out. Uh, 100%. Because it... (laughs) And it generally, even if it tries to pull the information out, it, it garbles it in some way, shape or form. Right. So when it, it'll put my middle name as my last name, uh, God forbid, I've got a suffix after my name. I'm the third that just, hey, my last name has been I, 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 I. And I'm like, okay, guys, no, that was clearly a Roman numeral. Um, so, yeah, um, pretty much everyone there. I have not seen a very clean uh, from upload to field fill out. It's better than it was, I don't know, 10 years ago where it was a complete mess, uh, but there's still a ways to go. Makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, that's not the first time that we've heard that from some other candidates. And it's something that I know that we try to do better for our customers uh, leveraging our technology. But um, that's and then there are. I've run into a couple. I've run into a couple companies um, because they are security organizations. They don't want DocX uploads because you know that's a great way to hide malicious scripts. So they want a PDF, and in the case of the PDF, forget about it. You're you're going to just be filling stuff right. out. Yeah. yeah. Rob, do you have any parting words? If you were to talk to every recruiter in the world right now and give them a piece of advice. Um, right. What would you what would you tell them? Um, I, I think we'll go back to the very first pro tip, you know, please, please read um, and, you know, look at look at the level of experience as well. Um, I'm not hiding the fact that I am, you know, in that middle age bracket. So when you come out with me with a marketing specialist job, that's only five years of experience, I know we're probably not going to make a love connection because 
Well, you know, we both won't be happy. I'll be, you know, kind of hitting under my fighting weight. Um, and you're really hiring a sledgehammer when all you need is a fly swatter. Yeah. Um, so really look at those two things together. Look at the resume and the experience and look, look at the experience and the, you know, the time I've been working. I've got all the numbers on there. I've got all the math on there. And still people have been shocked when we've had that initial conversation. They go, oh, you've been working that long. I was like, it was right there on the CD. Yeah. You just had to do math. So I have, I have one more amazing question that I'm going to ask you that mm-hmm. recruiters need to pay attention to. Before that, there's a comment from ZZZZZZZZ uh, from YouTube. And they said, I loathe those huge forms. What's worse is when you have to fill out your information a second time in a second portal. It doesn't bode well for African perspective. Um, yeah, th- this is... Is one of the biggest disappointments in the whole candidate journey is when candidates are put through this. And the shame is it doesn't need to be this way. Um, but it is um, it's one of the most common complaints we hear. It's also one of the most common problems companies say they want to solve. And, and it is solvable. So that's a great thing. Yeah, it's putting it's putting the onus for your system of records on the applicant. And that's, you know, that's never a great way to score a conversion. No. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I may have mispronounced that name. I think I left off two Z's to that one. Yeah, it's <laughs> Z. Right. So here's here's the last amazing question that everyone needs to pay attention to, especially if you're in a recruiter world. Rob, you've been a marketer for several years. And you know in marketing, we are always trying to get as much as we can from a prospect, right? From a buyer perspective, right? You come to our website, we cookie you, we try to get information and we try then, then in our CRM candidate, not candidate, customer database, right? We're going to now market you as marketers and we're going to try to get you to convert more and interact with the brand. That's what we do as marketing. Mm-hmm. So what do you as a job seeker think HR does when you visit the career site? I don't think there's any cooking going on or any real personalization. All of the outreaches I receive are very much standard form letters from search engines and search engine technology was created 20 years ago or 15 years ago. It's third party data, cookie data, prior history. There's not that level of personalization. Um, I also love when the messages, the level of personalization that they do try to do, where they put in, you know, the percent name form field. I love when it comes through as, hey, Patey, or hi, Patey. Are you looking for a job? Or hi, T the third, looking for a job? I'm not a robot. That's not my name. So it's that it's what I love to call the half-hearted attempt at personalization. You're taking just very basic information from the form and putting that into a variable field to say hi a little more colloquially. So as, as you're a candidate, let me say, good God, let me shock you right now. And so being in marketing but working for HR, I can tell you unequivocally, HR has the capability – to personalize anything they want to you as a candidate. We know how to get to know you. We know location. We know what jobs you're interested in. We can gather information and even tell you what jobs you're a good fit in to our organization. Um, And we can do all of that based upon your interactions on the career site. 
all of that, the interactions with a chat bot, interaction with SMS, all of it. And we can serve you jobs that are really specific to what you're looking for. Um, and HR is not marketing, yet they have access and tools and capabilities to do all of that. You're saying um, you wouldn't have guessed that. No, not from my experiences. The level of what we put into from a marketing perspective, let's just use email as a channel example. Uh, you know, A test, B test, C test. I mean, we, we, you know, we're always fine tuning everything from the subject line to the imagery that's used. I do not see that at all in the recruiting process. I just see standard header, standard form letter and updates based off of, you know, one or two keywords that I might have searched on the site. That's, that's about as the extent that I see. Although it doesn't surprise me, I am disappointed. As an industry, <laughs> we can do better. <laughs> we can do better and we can improve Rob Patey's in millions of other job seekers' experience. And we can get them connected to the company that you, you're, you're trying to recruit someone like him for. So, Rob, I want to just say thank you very much for joining Talent Experience Live. I thought this was a, a great part of hearing the candidate story. Before you go, we're going we're gonna to transition and we're going to help companies understand from a technology standpoint the challenges you just outlined and explained in your journey. We're going to show them how they can actually address some of these things by looking at the technology now that we've looked at the candidate experience from a job seeker. So thank you uh, for being on the program. If we have any follow-up questions, we'll certainly uh, reach out to you if we get them from our, from our field. If you're a recruiter and looking for, for a director, in content marketing, be sure, take a look at Rob's profile on LinkedIn. I think you're going to be impressed. I'm always impressed. Rob, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. And I'll hang and listen to the technology stuff in case people do have questions. I'll hang awesome. in the background. Okay. Great. Um, uh, Tom is our guy behind the scenes, always moving windows around. Tom Tate, you do a wonderful job. Thank you. Can you bring in Dan Eggeman? So you're listening to the director's cut of the live stream. It doesn't make sense for us to put the audio of Dan's live demo because it's so visual. But if you want to check out the technology and you want to check out how Phenom can help with the uh, candidate experience uh, and you want to see Dan's live demo, uh, head on over to the link in the show notes and you can watch the full video replay of the stream. Uh, and you can kind of fast forward to about the 45 minute mark. Uh, so that you can check out the actual demo. So check that out. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the podcast. We would love for you to keep listening. Uh, let us know what you think. You can leave a kind rating or review on your favorite podcast listening app or service of choice. An honest review just helps us to continue to improve the show. And we will catch you on the next one.